Welcome to Data Science at Home, the podcast about data science for small companies and large enterprises. Data Science at Home is the show where we tell you the skills you need and the tools you can build at home. We are supported by World of Piggy, thinking human world in mathematical terms. Visit worldofpiggy.com or Twitter at World of Piggy. In this episode, I want to explain the Markov chain Monte Carlo sampling with full conditional calculations. Every statistical problem at some point needs sampling. Sampling means that given a statistical distribution, we would like to generate samples that follow this distribution. And this usually happens in Bayesian statistics uh, whenever we are dealing with the so-called posterior distribution. Now, let's assume that we are Bayesians. We have to assume this because frequentist statisticians do completely different things. But let's assume we are uh, Bayesians and let's assume that we have the need to explain a bunch of observations with an analytical form. So let's assume that these observations are, for instance, the uh, number of cars in the unit, in the time unit, uh, in a specific uh, part of the highway, or it could be the expression of, of some genes in the, in the genome, in the human genome, for a specific set of patients affected by a specific disease or any other type of physical phenomenon that, that can happen around us. And our need is to express this, these observations with an analytical, within analytical form, which means I want to describe with a mathematical function how these observations are distributed. If I want to tackle and the problem of explaining my observations, I need to set some assumptions. The first assumption that a statistician would uh, would place is, okay, let's assume that the observations are distributed according to a specific distribution. Let's say the normal distribution. Now, I personally tend to avoid the normal distribution because I am aware, as many other statisticians, that physical phenomena go way beyond the normal distribution. But that's that's another topic. Let's assume that we are happy with the normal distribution and we want our, our observation. We want to assume that our observations are distributed as a normal. The normal comes with a mean and a variance, which are the two parameters of the normal distribution. And then I say my y's, y is is the observation and the y, y1, y2, yn, is the set of observations at hand, for instance, the number of cars in the time unit, is distributed as a normal with mean, mu, and variance, tau. Mu and tau are the two parameters of the normal distribution I'm considering. Now, what a Bayesian statistician would say, the mu is not just a constant parameter, and neither tau is a constant parameter, but they both go as, they are distributed as another distribution. So they are random variables, basically. And that's what Bayesians say. The Bayesians say evidence is fixed. The data is fixed. You know, that's evidence. The observations that I have, that, that's what I see of, of, a, of an event. But the parameters of the, of the model I'm assuming are random variables. And that's why mu and tau can be represented as coming from two different distributions. For instance, in my case, I say the mean of the normal distribution is 
distributed as a normal zero one and the tau goes as a gamma alpha beta for instance it's a gamma is just another distribution and alpha beta are the parameters of the gamma distribution so the concept is that i assume that my observations go as a normal distribution and the parameter of this normal distribution are themselves random variables that are distributed as other distributions and i can set these distributions these are called priors Prior means what I believe about the parameter. So I believe, I, I assume, I think that the mu and the tau go as a normal and a gamma respectively. Now, we have to make a bit of preliminary setup here before going into the Markov chain Monte Carlo sampling. Bayesian statisticians represent probabilities, actually the posterior probability, that is the probability of the model that I am assuming given the observations by the likelihood times the priors. This is the fundamental theory of, uh, of Bayesian statistics. That is, the posterior probability, in my case, is the probability of mu and tau given y, given the observations, is equal to the likelihood, so the probability of the data of the observations given mu and tau times what I believe about the model itself. So it's the probability of mu and tau jointly. So that's the representation. That's how I represent, in Bayesian terms, the posterior probability. In a Bayesian framework, the attention focuses on the conditional density of mu and tau, given y. I'm interested in calculating this posterior because the observations are there. I, I cannot change them. That's the evidence. I... I I measure something and that's it. What I can change is my belief regarding the parameters or the model. And I will try to adapt my beliefs to what I observe. So the posterior is the probability of the mu and tau given y, which is equal to the joint probability of the observation and the model marginalized over the probability of the observation. If you follow my, my words, it's, I know that it's a bit difficult to explain these things without a, a whiteboard, but let, let's try to, to be clear here. If you want the probability of mu and tau given y, you take the joint probability of all the three of them, so probability of y, mu and tau, joint probability, and you divide by the probability of y. The denominator isn't really important, that is the probability of y, is the probability of the observations to happen, that's extremely difficult to compute. The good thing is that the denominator isn't really important for our purposes because it does not involve mu or tau. So we may simply say that the posterior probability, so the probability of the model given the observation, is just proportional to the joint probability of y, mu, and tau. We are almost there because in a Bayesian framework, the joint density is basically the multiplication of the likelihood by the prior. So the probability of y, mu, and tau is equal to the likelihood that you can compute from the assumption of normality. If you multiply the likelihood by the prior, that is what you believe regarding the parameters of the distribution, you get the joint density, that is the probability of y, mu, and tau. Now, if you put all of this in, uh, in uh, Bayesian terms, you can take the so-called conditional probabilities, that is the probability of mu given tau and y, and the probability of tau 
given mu and y. So you basically are marginalizing the probabilities and you're saying, I'm not really interested in the probability or in the joint probability. I'm more interested in knowing what is the probability of the first parameter given all the others and the data and what is the probability of the second parameter given all the others and the data. How do we compute that? Well, the probability of mu given tau and y, it's basically the joint probability. And from this joint probability, we take only the terms in mu. Equivalently, for the probability of tau given mu and y, you take again the joint probability and you take only the terms in tau. That's how statisticians compute the conditional probabilities. In a Bayesian framework, if the data y are observed, I would be interested in computing the conditional density of mu and tau, my only parameters, given the observations. So what I'm interested in is the computation of the posterior probability. There is a iterative algorithm that given the full conditionals, by calculating at each iteration a piece of each, eventually will converge to the posterior probability of mu and tau given y, which is what I'm interested in. The way Markov chain Monte Carlo works is basically a Markov chain whose stationary distribution is the posterior that we are interested in. So you can sample from this Markov chain and you will know there is theory that proves that at some point it will converge to its equilibrium distribution. And we are sure that the equilibrium distribution after a sufficient number of iterations is exactly, well, not exactly, but it's very close to the posterior distribution that we are interested in. So once we do this, we generate samples from the posterior distribution by just knowing the full conditional. So by just knowing the probability of mu and the probability of tau and the probability of mu given tau and y and the probability of tau given mu and y, at some point we will converge to the posterior distribution probability of mu and tau given the observations. Usually people who are using Markov chain Monte Carlo are using methods like Gibbs sampling and or Metropolis hastings, which are very easy to implement, but there is a problem there. The main problem of, for instance, a Gibbs sampler or, or a Metropolis Hastings sampler is that it's very difficult to make consecutive samples completely independent. And this is something that we really do not want, because if you generate sample one from the posterior distribution, the next sample is autocorrelated to the previous one. And after two or three or five or a hundred samples, you can find an autocorrelation with the 90th sample. So you need a trick to skip a number of samples and then pick a sample every, I don't know, 100, 200 samples, meaning that you are throwing away 200 samples. So to pick five samples, you need to generate maybe 200 or even more. This is a problem because when you are dealing with um, large numbers of, of samples from a posterior distribution, let's say you want to sample million, you want to, want to generate millions of samples, well, this will become, of course, the bottleneck of your uh, sampling task. There is another method that allows uh, you to sample from a posterior distribution, which is called Hamiltonian Monte Carlo or hybrid Monte Carlo. It's a very interesting approach, not widely used though, and it comes from physics. So the problem of, as we said, of uh, all Markov chain Monte Carlo algorithms is that the Markov chain convergence to a target stationary distribution is quite inefficient. 
because there is slow mixing, there is a lot of autocorrelation between samples that are close to each other. There is a burning period also, meaning that we have to throw away, so from the initial conditions, there are samples that are really not belonging to the target distribution, they are quite far from that, and you need a, a number of iterations to get closer and closer and then to stay in the neighborhood of the target distribution. That period, it's called burning. Those are samples that you will throw away because they're clearly out of your interest. All of these problems do not apply, do not hold in Hamiltonian Monte Carlo, which is a Markov chain Monte Carlo method that uses another approach. It basically uses a physical system dynamics rather than a probability distribution to propose future states in the Markov chain. And this allows the Markov chain to explore the target distribution much more efficiently, resulting, of course, in faster convergence. In order to understand Hamiltonian Monte Carlo, we have to uh, get familiar with the so-called Hamiltonian dynamics. Hamiltonian dynamics is one of the possible ways uh, physicists describe how objects move throughout a system. In terms of, a, of Hamiltonian dynamics, basically an object, uh, the motion of an object is expressed in terms of its location, x, and a momentum. Now the momentum is equivalent to the mass of the object times its velocity. It's basically, if you crash your car, I hope that never happens, of course, but the momentum is fundamental to predict the damage of the car or the vehicle in general. So it can happen that a, a huge truck traveling at a very slow velocity, well, it will have a relatively small momentum and a small car traveling at a maximum speed can have a bigger momentum than, than the truck because the product between the mass and the, and the velocity is larger than the the mass and the velocity of the truck. Anyway, the momentum P and the location X define object's motion in physical terms. And this happens at in the continuum. So as time goes on, at some time T, momentum and location change. Now, for each location, there is an associated potential energy, which physicists call U of X. And for each momentum, there is also an associated kinetic energy, usually referred to as K of P. And the total energy of the system is constant and known as the Hamiltonian H, capital H of X and P. A Hamiltonian dynamics basically is the sum of the potential and kinetic energies. And then there is basically a, a system of differential equations that describe quantitatively how kinetic energy is converted to potential energy. Now, the conversation here can get more and more sophisticated and, and more complex. I don't want I don't want that. So what we basically do if we want to generate samples is by simulating the Hamiltonian dynamics and generating samples from an Hamiltonian function such that the resulting Hamiltonian dynamics allow us to explore some target distribution P of X. Now, of course, if we follow the Hamiltonian dynamics described by the system, we will just follow a trajectory that is described by the physical system. Of course, we need to explore the entire space or, or most of it. And therefore, we just need to perturb this trajectory and simulate again. I have in front of me two 
plots of the um, Hamiltonian Monte Carlo and Metropolis Hastings Markov chain sampling. They both run in uh, up to 50 states and what I can see with uh, with uh, Metropolis Hastings is about uh, 12 samples that really do not belong to the target distribution. They are really far from that so they, they are the burning samples. They will be thrown out and then as the other samples approach the target distribution they are following kind of a kind of a pattern that is a, a quite a high autocorrelation between consecutive samples meaning that in 50 states it's really impossible to explore the entire space so i have a bunch of samples that explore a very small slice of the of the phase space of the target distribution while in hamiltonian monte carlo if i plot the generated samples i already get an idea of where the mean of that target distribution is and even the variance i can speculate a bit but it's it's very the, the picture is is consistently different so that was it i hope the uh, explanation was uh, quite clear even though i understand that it's uh, it's uh, quite a lot of mathematics and a bit of physics it's really hard to to summarize it in uh, just with voice it's painful for me too because i would have liked to to write down things as a, as a wrap up the hybrid monte carlo or hamiltonian monte carlo is an extremely powerful algorithm for sampling target distributions that can be represented in terms of a, a potential energy function and partial derivatives unfortunately it's not widely used because there are other algorithms such as the gibbs sampling or metropolis hastings um, that are much simpler algorithms and people at school they they learn these things and they forget that there are problems in terms of generating samples and in terms of efficiency so for those tasks in which really efficiency is um, is not an option think about hamilton and monte carlo and forget about gibbs sampling and metropolis hastings Data Science at Home is the show where we tell you the skills you need and the tools you can build at home. We are supported by World of Piggy, thinking human world in mathematical terms. Visit worldofpiggy.com or Twitter at World of Piggy. Hey, if you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes and help this podcast reach more ears. So tell your friends and colleagues that we exist. We will really appreciate it. Yeah.